Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with we, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. And this time we're going to be talking about characters, mostly NPCs, and characterisation, and the complex sets of issues uh, that come up with that. How much is too much? Yeah. Usually too much is what I'm doing, usually. And... uh, and also, I'm going to be celebrating one of my Christmas presents, and we're going to get terribly intellectual, we hope. <laughs> uh, before that, I would just like to thank Glenn Lewis, who's dropped some money in our tip jar. Ah, uh, yes. If you would like to uh, join him, encourage us to keep doing this show, and indeed bit knowledge on the show, uh, you can send money to paypal.me slash rogerbw. Uh, make a note that it's for this. Onwards. Before we get into other things, I would just like to mention there's an interesting bundle of holding going on until the 10th of January. Uh, as always, I should say that we, we uh, are informed of these and we don't have to pay for them, so take this all it's worth. This is a lot of the Hero System 5th edition. Uh, which is in, the final edition? Which is the current No, there, there is a 6th edition which has previously... Well, I, I have some anyway. I can't remember whether it's been bundled or not. This is the older one. Um, that said, there's an awful lot of it. Uh, basically, this is a lot of non-superhero stuff this time. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got the basic book, uh, you know, bestiary, equipment guide, vehicle source book, all that sort of stuff. You've yeah. also got the genre guides and quite a lot of things for uh, individual supplements for the genre guides. So, you know, you've got Fantasy Hero and the grimoires, which are your pre-built spells, and your monsters books, and so on and so on. You've got Star Hero, you've got the Spaces Toolkit, Alien Wars, Terran Empire, blah. Um, Pulp Hero, you've got the Masterminds, uh, Thrilling Hero Adventures, Thrilling Places, and so on. Uh, You've also got, much more importantly, Lucha Libre Hero, which is, yeah. You've got what hero? Lucha Libre Hero. You too can play a masked Mexican wrestler. I know, this keeps coming up, and I never understood the fascination of it. I, I understand bunnies and burrows better than I understand this, but it's a genre that I never saw the point of. You're, you're a Mexican. You're tough, and you're a professional wrestler. You're, and... you're a hero. Have you, have right. you not seen Santo and the Vampire Women? Roger, have mercy on me. There is there is only so much memory left in this in this in this battered old skull of mine. Do you really want me to uh, fill it up with whatever his name was and the vampire women? Anyway, there's also uh, Ninja Hero, Urban Fantasy Hero, Post Apocalyptic Hero. You get the general idea. There is yep. also the the thing that I thought GURPS was the only system that had done this, but um, Hero System did it too. Here it's called You Gotta Have Character. It is basically game write-ups of actual historical people. Mm, including of who's who. Yeah. yeah, including suggestions as to how you can build scenarios around them, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, Lord Byron, Calamity Jane. If you Arthur are... Arthur Ouija Felig. Um, never mind. <laughs> if, if, if you are already a Hero System fan, this is probably useful stuff. If you're not, I mean, it's never been my thing because I got into GURPS first and because yeah. I don't... 
it, it has always felt to me more superhero focused, but there are a lot of people using it for non-superpowered stuff. Yeah. And even if you're not using it for that, there's good background material here. So uh, quite possibly worth a look. Yeah. Oh, um, it, it is, it is a very much a complete, uh, the, the complete fifth uh, edition revised. And their abbreviation for fifth uh, revised edition is FRED. Mm-hmm. Which is, is a th- the sort of thing that I regard as a small Christmas present, just before Christmas. <laughs> anyway, onward. I have been listening to myself, talking to myself a lot recently. Do me. By, well, yeah, that, that, uh, covering up for that is one of the reasons I have the cat. But I mean specifically in this case, I've been listening to write-ups of an investigative um, campaign, uh, which I've been running under GURPS, which is now finished. I've been doing the write-ups for Alarms and Excursions, and it strikes me time and again, my goodness, the Games Master is talking an awful amount here. <laughs> and he's having a very good time um, ringing out a lot more uh, detail uh, from these minor informant characters, who he's only, probably only going to use once. He may not even remember to return to them in the same scenario. Um, but, but, it, but I'm having immense fun dragging out eccentrics and lunatics and fanatics and other people <laughs> who, um, who who can be given a clear and and interesting to me at least, if not to the players, um, set of uh, of personality foibles and and things that I can do well with my voice, and this causes me to think several things. First of all, it makes me think. You'd never get this in um, Murder Life on the Streets or um, or Law and Order SVU or any of the Law and Orders for that matter, because the 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 minor characters who are not actually going to be suspects or entangled in the mystery never actually get that much detail. There's a practical limit to how much you can do in time. And I, I've heard the CSI series described as showreel fodder. You know, if if you are a young and hungry for jobs television type actor, you yeah. are going to be in a CSI show because at one point, you know, they've got three series running in parallel. They've got yeah. a constant need for new faces, yeah. and practically everybody who was working in in that sort of area at all seems to have at least one or two guest spots. Mm. So. Yeah, the, what what they get, I suspect, is a minimal. You know, this is the information you got to deliver. These are your lines, um, yeah. and they, they then get to invent the mannerisms. But you know, I I, I think there's probably it probably varies. There it must be a fairly mechanical process mm. uh, create, creating that sort of show, but um, one that can can be done better or worse. Uh, Lots of for um, for Law and Order. Lots of the good lines have to go to the detectives because they are the defining characters, and they're wisecracks whilst they're um, whilst they're digging up the truth. Sure, is is what defines them. I think but, the minor characters get to be a bit weird and quirky 
in a way that doesn't affect the case. Yeah, I think that's that's the ideal point, but I'm fairly sure that I'm going way, way over the top. <laughs> um, I, I found myself improvising a story, what was it the other day? A story is about the, the, the size of the rats you can find on the on the streets around here, and the fact that the local uh, gamblers had developed a form of snake wrestling, which is utterly irrelevant to the uh, to the the plot as I was developing it, and the bits that I was carefully dropping in that I had noted down as being stuff they might want to exploit later, like the stuff that two of the characters had actually visited the foreign pseudo oriental kingdom and might have information about one of the other characters who had, they didn't go anywhere near. Oh, well, that's but just I, standard players. I mean, you, you give, give them a, a you know, clue, you know, douse it in clue musk in the middle of clue mating season, and they'll still miss it. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, one of the main points I'm going to... I said I had three points, didn't I? Um, one of the main points is, first, that from the point of view of a more efficient, uh, less... Um, self-elaborating uh, art form the, uh, the, the these characters would be uh, shorter simpler and um, and more functional the second point is that um, I have a tendency to pad my part and I'm the GM there has to be a way for me to learn to control this and the third point is I do keep coming back to the same sort of characters. I do, don't tell me I do it all the time. I do, um, I do a really good eccentric old gentleman, you know, uh, babbling on time after time after time about the, the things he did in his youth and, uh, and how they were, though the old days were so much better than they are now. Uh, you can't and, get and, the tentacles anymore. <sighs> tentacles? Oh, we haven't had tentacles here in 50 years. Not real tentacles, no. But I think there ought to be a series of good practices about how much detail you put in, how much time you give these characters, and how you shake yourself out of the characters you are comfortable in doing and not bringing them back time and again. I have got a little better. Uh, my, my, my earlier players, decades ago now, will complain of my habit of doing the same accents over and o- over again and doing them very badly. So they eventually collapse into Welsh. Hey, but, well, Welsh is the accent attractor. Welsh, Welsh is, a default, is the default accent for most people in the United Kingdom. Um... But uh, I feel that there should be some guidelines, and I'm not sure if I have them myself, as to what you do and don't do when you're creating NPCs and how you keep them on the leash, or yourself on the leash. I'm not sure which. Well, I'm going to be unhelpful here and say, first of all, is this really a problem? Now, if you have a word count to work to and and your NPC write-up is getting huge, then sure. But, you know... Are you playing this longer than the players are enjoying it? If the players are enjoying it, then there is not a problem. Okay. If you're enjoying it as well, obviously. obviously. It um, occurs to me that I'm, I, I, do, I do do things differently with, with different groups. 
The other thing is that there is the potential to be less formal about a structure. I mean, you may know, just as the crime show scriptwriter knows, that this is a guy who's just here to deliver the clue. But the thing you can do in an RPG is get distracted, or you can say, well, hey, let, let's bring him back in, in a future thing that has some relevance to this, and hey, mm. he, he's the informant you pulled up again. And he says, oh, hey, it's you guys again. Did you ever catch... Oh, wow. Oh, you're, yeah. you're really making this place safe for honest criminals like me. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, you, think, you, I... you can recur characters without having to worry about the cost and availability of getting the actors back Yeah, in a way that a TV show can't. I I think the major threat is if the players start feeling that it's not about them. Hmm. There is a variation of... There are variable levels of of tolerance for me wittering on in different groups. (laughs) And I I think every GM should have awareness of the the egos in his group and how how long it has been since they have been uh, catered to. But most of the group I've been doing that uh, that that narrative for are my age and not as ego bound um, as I am, so they they allow me to they allow me to go on. I think I tend to have if I, if I'm doing that sort of thing, I, I tend to have lots of you know I, I will say a short thing and pause, and if the players want to jump in, they can. You know, they're, they're never feeling that they're excluded from my monologue. Uh, yeah. And with, with that in mind, it, well, as you say, one, one does have to read the room. Um, but I think being able, yeah, the, the harassed scriptwriter can just say, you know, the, these are your 10 lines, this is the information you've got to deliver. We yeah. can do more than that. We can say, okay, this is a guy who he's not really happy about being picked up as a witness. He has some bigger thing that he's, that he really doesn't want to come to the attention of the authorities. He mm-hmm. doesn't really mind talking, talking about the masked killer because that's none of his business. In fact, he'd quite like the streets to be safe. Yeah. Um, or at least from, from masked killers. Um, and that's going to shade. And it may never come up. Mm-hmm. The PCs are probably not going to deal with the sort of petty crime that he cares about. Yeah. But, that will shade the way he is played, and you know maybe six months down the line, uh, well we we picked this guy up for for knocking people over the head in back alleys. Oh hey, he he was really I liked him. Yeah. Oh, is that what he does? Oh what a shame. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's the sort of connection that you can you can draw, and that that's why I like this. Everybody in the game is a person. Yeah, and uh, and anything you say to them can trigger. Um, more depth to the person and more um, more information. One of the most enjoyable and alarming things in, um, especially in an investigative game, is the moment at which the players say, "But what about?" And you suddenly <laughs> think, "Oh, that's a very good point. I now have to explain uh, why this town has no guild of." Um, let me see now. Has 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 no no, uh, no 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 guild of animal stuffers, despite the fact that everybody around seems to think that taxidermy is the way to uh, preserve your hunting trophies. Is well, it, uh, they, they drove out the guild for restraint of trade. Everybody likes to do their own. 
yeah, that, 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 that is an abiding odour of um, very elderly urine, which I'm told is the, is the occupational hazard of the taxidermist all through the town. <laughs> oh, it's not just me then, thank goodness. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I would have thought formaldehyde, but uh, maybe that's a later development. Well, that, that boils off a bit faster. Okay. I was going to say, what focuses are useful when you have to come up with uh, a character? What aspects? I know what I do a lot of, but what's good? Well, for me, a, a, a minimal information delivering NPC. Mm. Who is this person? I mean, some, sometimes I might think who plays them in the film, just if, mm. if you've got an actor with a particular set of mannerisms. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't do the mannerisms terribly well, so I don't often do that. But some idea of, you know, um, how were they brought up? What sort of accent do they have? What sort of what do they consider important yeah. to talk about? Um, how do they feel about being interrogated by a bunch of people who don't seem to be quite the cops, but are, on the other hand, quite tough? Uh, yeah, the I I, I think the the, the uh, cooperative on the surface and not very cooperative underneath, I think is the mo- is the most useful. Thing. Um, well, yeah. Are they going to knuckle under? Are they going to be bolshy about it? Are they going to yeah. just try to get out of there as quickly as possible? And say, 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 say whatever that they think they can get away with. The bolshy witness is. Well, I can feel that it's realistic. A large number of people don't want to um, don't want to be uh, have anything to do with the, the law enforcement authorities. Sometimes out of principle, sometimes out of panic. But I always feel the Bolshe witness is a bit, um, is, always, is almost always going to be a red herring and a, a bit of a distractor to any um, actual official cops who are doing, doing any investigation. I feel, I, I feel it's so much more effective if everybody, uh, apart from the ones who's just suddenly vanished and you can't find them again, is, um, is cooperating at least on the surface. It makes life easier um i I don't think i agree i i'd rather have the whole range of plausible reactions i mean if if i were in in as a player in one of these things and everybody was happy to talk to me i would be very worried that somebody had got to all of them yes that's good too isn't it you know i I do expect okay bearing in mind I'm, i'm mostly running um things in plausibly human societies that aren't yeah. significantly affected by magic, psi powers, whatever yep. else. And I uh, tend to be doing the opposite, so... Well, so so if somebody has got to all the witnesses, it's because they are big and scary and or rich, mm-hmm. rather than because they've all been mind-controlled. I think sometimes that I make people straightforward and simple out of a fear of my players um, not quite getting the point... It is alarming listening to players as they plot together and try and sort out <laughs> what information they've got. How often they have taken an entirely um, inappropriate uh, look at, at a particular thing or just listened to something and not heard what was being said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know one player who will helpfully and 
recap things that were learned in the previous session completely inaccurately. <laughs> he's not aware that he's doing it. Are the other players aware that they're doing it? Well, we, we are now, because we've had to keep track and realise that sometimes this guy is just going to be wrong. Yeah, I, I, have, a, I have a guy who is, is sometimes... Who often gets things wrong? He knows he does because he's got a terrible re- memory. But he writes things down, and sometimes he writes them down wrong. And sometimes, just sometimes, he gets things startlingly right and sees things that the other players aren't seeing. And it's a very odd phenomenon. Or if mm-hmm. people were consistent, they would be a lot less interested. <laughs> Is there a different way to build? different kinds of characters, not just the information sources, but plausible allies, um, plausible enemies. I'm not sure I do those at all well. Well, those uh, several of the old GGW house system games, uh, Twilight 2000 certainly did this, 2300 did this, I think Cadillacs and Dinosaurs did as well, had a draw two cards Mm. uh, to, to get their approximate motivations. Yeah, I have seen that several several times. And oh. while while I wouldn't want to be bound by it, uh, particularly for a character that you intend to be ephemeral, I would see nothing wrong with that. Um, mm. I, I I have an idea for a slightly more complex version, um, but it hasn't come to fruition yet, so I won't go on about Involving that. Involving tarot cards, indeed. Or, uh, I've talked yeah. about it before, and I still haven't got anywhere with it. Yeah, um, but something like that. Some, I mean, it doesn't have to be. Um, the 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 number of characters you that your party meets mm. is significantly smaller than the number of characters in the world. So it doesn't matter if the personality types aren't distributed with the right population probabilities. Yeah. What it, what does matter is that you get a bit of a range of them. Um, and then of course the the traditional thing was if you've got an NPC like that, you 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 make a note of his quirks or in in a file on an index card, whatever works for you. Yeah. Uh, and then if you do bring him back, you can say, oh, well, yeah, it's this guy, um, the, 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 the one with the horrible cigars, uh, or talks on like the, this. On those, on those, on those uh, sessions which I record and then listen to later, because um, to get a full, full sense of a character, you really need to, to listen to what you have been saying <laughs> and start letting your imagination run off the stuff that you've come up. The the uh, the guildmaster that uh, that I was um, improvising at uh, the mages guildmaster I was improvising um, in the last session that sparked this conversation um, was an old duff, was an old duffer which I do standardly and I gave him the name Albus Viator, uh, which means huntsman and it occurs to me that his name was probably Albert when he started out and um, <laughs> Uh, and his surname was probably Hunter, and he probably he's probably a lower class person made good, um, and uh, bemoaning the fact he hasn't made good enough. And I must make a at, at the same time very proud of himself for being genuine, unlike all these fake people oh, that no, he's oh, surrounded no, no, by. No, 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 no. He, I, I, I think he, I think he has uh, been absorbed. He's absorbed himself as much as he can into the upper classes, <laughs> but the upper classes don't care that much. I, which reminds me of another thing I was going to say, which is voices. Easy I to worry, overdo in my experience. 
Pardon? Easy to overdo, in my experience. Yeah. It, it can come out as comic. I don't object to comic. Um, I, some of my characters are definitely, deliberately uh, comic. My worry is that in my central range, I can hear differences. I think I'm doing different voices when other people don't think I am. And that is... I don't know how, how, I, overcome, uh, how, how I overcome that. Um, I, I, I think I am making enough uh, verbal mannerisms separate that you can hear the two upper-class types talking to each other and tell which is which. One, one can do a lot with pitching, I think. I'd say what? I think one can pitching? do a lot with pitch. Um, I, I don't know, have, have you done any audiobook narration? Uh, very, very marginally. It, um, it, it seems to me that in something like that, you, you will often be narrating two characters talking to each other, quite possibly with fairly similar backgrounds, accents, whatever. But if one of them simply has a higher voice than the other one, and then it sounds like this, and then the other guy comes back in like this, you know, that that's at least gives you the signal that these are two different people. Um, mm. I, I try to do that a bit with NPCs, Um Obviously, you know, it, it's not monotone. Hmm. May, may I say a word in praise of the Russian that you did at uh, Stabcon a few years back? Um, it was at the Stargate game, I think. and you. Uh, well, the, the, the accent is easy. The, the trick is not to overdo it. Yeah, it is true. Um, all right. I, th- I think that my uh, my major failing is not to take enough notes and the fact that I will not quite get the voice the same the second time you meet the character. And Fair. That, is a, that, is a, that is a worry. I think that it, yeah, if, if I were better at mimicking people, I, w- I would write down the people I was mimicking. Hmm. Uh, but I'm not, so I don't. Well, uh, I, I, can, I, can, I can write down, if I remember to write down, who, whose voice I am ripping off? Um, I think it's more. It's not. It's not really um, plagiarism, or and it's <laughs> certainly not impersonation because I am not that good. But um, it is this spark point. Um, Donald Sinden is a very different spark point from uh, from uh, John Gilgood, for instance. Despite the fact that they are both roughly in the same socio political class. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, you need, you need to find a spark point. The, my spark point for doing, um, a Lancashire, a Manchester accent is a, is a pointless story that was told on, um, on one of the BBC's dialect teaching, uh, recordings. And uh, I conjure up the, the punchline. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> um, uh, in order to get myself into the right sort of set. Yes, um, we we had in one of the Watson Hall games a Welsh character uh, for whom that that player's key phrase to get, to get into the accent was amniotic fluid. <laughs> okay. It, it just I, has enough of the distinctive sounds that one can get into into the right gear. So I mean. My that that is that is probably more how how to do it than than how widely to do it. The the other thing is, of course, that there are some accents that one might have done thirty forty years ago, which are just embarrassing now. So I t- so I tend not to. 
Hmm. Well, I think all, all accents become embarrassing after a while. Um, I worry about the fact that all that large parts of my my lower class English persons, especially policemen, tend to sound the same. Have the, not only sound the same, but have the same characteristics. It, it's a parody. It's a sketch. Um, well, one could... of my standard NPCs is the low-ranking military or, or police guy who's who's been um, attached to the PCs for some reason. Oh, right, you are, sir. Oh, wouldn't yeah. do that if I were you, sir. Oh, I didn't sign for it. But but since I don't use them, you know, every session, I can ah, usually well. get away with it. With investigative, uh, with investigative games, my um, my detectives tend to be either upper class um, specialists or, or or street detectives who have had you know just have had enough. They've had fucking enough, <laughs> and, I want, uh, and they, they they do not want to listen to your unlikely story about tentacles. All right. I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm excused tentacles. <laughs> Look, we don't care about the drugs. We're not the drugs squad. And so on. And we don't want to have to write a letter to the drugs squad. No. All right. This, is, this has been a, a meander around my <laughs> ego. Uh do you ever find yourself saying too much, doing too much, performing too much to the detriment of your players? I think you'd have to ask my players. I don't think uh, okay. I don't think I do. But I'm not you know I don't I do not have the enthusiasm for acting that you do. Alright. I enjoy it as part of a game, but I don't want to I don't want to do it to the exclusion of other things. Okay, the concluding question of this bit, I think, is do you start differently with a player character than you do with an M- NPC? Um, yes, because I want more complexity to start with. And, and do you, though? I do, yes. Uh, a throwaway NPC can have more added later. I want to have a bunch of hooks for a PC, a bunch of things they're interested in or that will cause them to react in particular ways before I start playing so that I can, I can then carry that bit of the session immediately rather than, oh, yeah, okay, I'll volunteer then, or whatever. Um, well, th- there there th- are definitely uh, personality attractors mm-hmm. that, that I tend to go towards. Um, I have played quite a few... Um, female, often magicians, sometimes techies, uh, who, whose idea of um, bioethics is flexible at best, but but very practical, very useful. Uh, he won't feel any pain whatsoever. No, there's probably not going to be any damage afterwards either. And if not, we've got a backup. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so that that that's what I mean. All right, we we have talked before about the, the the term competence porn. I like people who are good at things. I mm-hmm. that I, I don't always want to be the same sort of good at things. Or good at the same sort of things. Indeed. Um, yeah, I I'm generally happy with a niche protection thing that says, yeah, here here is the thing that you are good at that you know maybe other people in the party can do, but you can do it best. 
uh, and that that lets me start to get a handle. You know, I, I I have met a lot of competent people. I have some idea of how they how they variously think about being good at stuff. Um, have you ever met a competent person and then seen them discover the thing they weren't competent at? Oh sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the hallmarks of people who do this well is that they realise, you know, I am very good at this, but I do not necessarily get know, know a whole lot about that. Uh, it, it's one of the classic failure modes of very smart people. You can see a, a lot of scientists in particular who you know, got a Nobel Prize and then 20 years later, you know, they're obviously getting on and slowing down a bit, but they don't want to think that. And they, they start espousing some f- completely fringe theory with no real backing because YouTube. they want... YouTube is full of them. Yeah, but I mean, people who started off being very smart. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, it's, it's full of them and full of people who are still impressed by what they did 50, 20, 30 years ago um, and and need somebody telling them the thing that they're telling them. I'm going to disagree a little bit about attractors to player characters. I think I, I when I get started... I don't want to plan the character too far ahead. Oh, th- things will change. But I, but, mean, what but I'm, what I'm I, I, want, I want to have a bunch of hooks, is the thing. I, yeah, but I don't want too many. I only want enough hooks to last through the first session and maybe one or two more. The character will develop in response to the needs of the, of the, the game and the other players, and even the needs of the GM sometimes. Oh, sure. And uh, and you need to leave space for that. You don't want to have the character's background right back to when he en- en- entered preparatory school. You know. Every, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying I want all the full details. Uh, what I want is hooks. Here are here are some things I care about. Here are some things that I'm not interested in, I've, and somebody else brings them up, and I'm going to think less of them for it. Mm. That sort of thing. The the. It, I, I've been complaining about it in my in um, book and film reviews where you get you know yes I I know what this person is like when they're on the mission, mm. but, but I have, have no been. idea what they're like when they're not on the mission, and that that affects the way I think of them. Yeah. I, I I want to have some idea of who my character is when they're not fighting monsters. You know, may, may, maybe they they have um, a, a a really serious hi-fi and record collection in the era when that was difficult to do. Um, maybe they are a, a connoisseur of uh, tobacco that smells like a burning manure pile. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It it can be a, a, a passing mention, but I want to have something to passingly mention when that opportunity comes up. Well, I, I was watching the other day um, a critique of um, of Failsafe. The uh, the after the bomb the, the bomb is dropped movie mm-hmm. that got overwhelmed by Doctor Strangelove and uh, and the people uh, talking about it were talking about the book it had been taken from mm-hmm. and making it clear that the story there was much much more about competent people doing competent things and still failing and not so much about the psychological um, horror. Of the situation, of the situation as it as it develops, I I get the feeling you could look at some of them were were, were pastiches or satires, but you could look at um, the people in um, in Failsafe played by very good actors, 
and get a sense of their political, their cultural, their their professional uh, attitudes to everything, mm-hmm. and and get more than just the technical narrative of what's going wrong. The the thing um, is, in an RPG, I think you you've got some some limitations caused by you know you you've got three or four or five or six yeah. character players and you want them really mostly to be all in the same sort of place so yeah if 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 you if you made fail safe into a scenario you would probably say okay the pcs are the bomber crew for example yeah, it, you you could you couldn't yeah. easily have the rest of it going on as well so then well the re- the rest of it is 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 a LARP set in the um, uh, set in the in the centres of power, and I'm not sure how you persuade people that you want to be one of the people who get who says let's go and bomb Russia. We're, we're committed now, mm-hmm. but maybe you can. Maybe you can. <laughs> but if if you had the thing happening on the plane, then then you say, well, all right, how do we make this interesting? You you are all, yeah. If if you are all people whose basic psychology and which is quite realistic for bomber crews is uh, yes I am going to do this job then you don't really have a scenario. No, you don't. And it, but if you have um, but somebody who is on his own trying to uh, turn the turn the plane aside um, gets gets it in the neck too quickly and. Actually, I think what you probably do is you kill the officers early on and leave the uh, the NCO the NCOs to fight it out amongst themselves about what the hell happens now. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably how how, how I do it. But and another thing, I I might be quite tempted to shift it into a submarine rather than a bomber because then you have the option of yeah the 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 bomber. Is is committed to its attack. The sub yeah. the submarine doesn't need to commit until the actual point of launch. It can it can sneak up to the launch point and sneak away again. So you have yeah. this ongoing argument before the crucial decision point, which is yeah. yeah. I actually, if you don't care, if you don't care about what's going on back in Washington, if that's not part of the story, uh, then probably yes. A submarine is better, and you, um, and you know maybe one of, maybe one of the PCs is Akupov. Maybe, probably not. Though. So, so it can happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, given that it's a it's a horror story, a psychological horror story with no monster except the except the um, except the, the the social structure designed to destroy half the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a monster that nobody can slay. Um, and a monster. It's a story of doom and despair. Maybe actually, you do it with dread, and uh, and see how far you get before somebody knocks the Jenga tower over. Well, you do potentially have have a happy ending in that. In the failsafe scenario, where there is actually, though the the characters don't know it, there yeah. is only only the one bomber that is going to cause the war. 
Yeah. And it, and if it turns around or it doesn't drop its bombs, then the world is safe for now. Well, yeah, you do potentially have a happy ending. What you can't do, of course, is tell the players that. <laughs> yeah. Um... But we're we we getting, I think, a bit away from personality yeah. types. Um, and and, yeah. what, and how to build a character from uh, uh, from the ground up. It's it, it's given what I, I talked about last time about our uh, my next campaign, and how it's going to be drawing on people from different worlds and different um, realities, and going to different worlds and different realities. Mm-hmm. It struck me as I've listened to the players pull out characters that. Um, so much of every character is embedded in the social media that they're in. Well, I particularly have, if you I, favorite... I may have given them uh, a t- an entirely unfair task when it comes to designing a group of people from very different and disparate places who have never worked together before who can accept they're dead and they're having a second chance. Yeah, it's... It is always tempting for me in a system like GURPS, uh, which has all, all these social advantages and disadvantages and so on, to use them because they, they help me get an idea of who this person is. And I think in this situation, I would probably have to brief people, you know, you are going to be away from your baseline society for yeah. the vast majority of this game. So while you can have those advantages, they have zero point effect and they, they are just going to um, be personality colour. The, the most that they can be is quirks, or maybe perks. Yeah. Um, uh, t- tiny advantages and advantages and disadvantages. And if if you say you know I I I, I was a great leader of men back in my home world, well yeah you can have leadership skill, but you, you're not going to get the social status and no. all the rest of it. And uh, and and you and you will not get the respect. You will not get. Um, reaction bonus, etc. Reaction bonus, and so on. Who are you coming here to tell us? Tell us to do what? Uh, do this and that? Eh? Eh? But, um, and and you have the equipment you you brought with you, and you have. Um, it's a long way to go until the next rest period. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we've. I think we have wandered enough around the houses. Let us pause and uh, try and gather what is left of our thoughts. Those who know me well will know that I am something of an enthusiast for the works of Stephen Sondheim. And uh, my nieces and my nephew have kindly bought me for Christmas uh, a book of his lyrics called Look, I Made a Hat, <laughs> um, uh, which is all about uh, what he wrote and um, uh, the songs what he wrote and the reasons behind them. And he's put at the front um, three precepts, which he says are the artistic precepts which go with anything that he writes. And these are, one, God is in the details. Two, less is more. And three, content dictates form. And all three of those, I think, can be 
possibly applied to our peculiar art form. Well, I think the first two fight each other a bit. Okay, talk to me. Well, uh, um, on the one hand, you want details. On the other hand, you don't want details. You want the one right detail. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's good for all uh, for forms of art, um, and God is in the is in the details. The the specific is better than the generic, and mm. the um, the odd is better than the cliched. I think that's that's. Most of what that's saying. Don't bother to narrate it if it's boring. Do bother so, to narr- do bother to narrate it if it's unimportant, because otherwise you're <laughs> only talking about the things that are important. Snake wrestling, snake wrestling. Mm-hmm. I still haven't figured out how they do snake wrestling, but it, but I had to. I had to. Uh, the players wanted there to be wanted somebody to provide them with small animals that they could use to test a magical trap. <laughs> and explaining the rats was easy, but re- explaining the snake required that I invent snake wrestling. Your, your, your successful snake wrestler tries to stick with your, you know, small snakes, because they get beyond a certain size, they get a bit sort of huggy. Yeah, yeah on the other hand, the, the size of the snake is, is very important, because this is a spectator sport and a betting sport, mm. and, you can't, and you can't expect people to bet on snakes that they can't see. This, leaving this to one side, I think less is more. That sometimes fights um, uh, the third um, uh, dictate, the history of our peculiar hobby. There is a lot of, oh, stick another system on it in most parts of early role-playing games and some parts of current role-playing games. The idea that you can have everything modular, and you can um, you can stick something that will resolve anything that can happen. That we're doing the glass bead game, in short, fights with the dictate that less is more. And I'm not sure I'm not on the side of oh, bung another subsystem in it. It'll make it more flavourful. Well, it depends. The problem is we have the attractor and horrible example of RuneQuest, of, of HeroQuest, rather. Um, well, yeah. Which is very much, we will have a single system for resolving everything. Yes. Which is the thing that people was, were aiming towards through a lot of the later 80s and early 90s. Mm. Um, just, just look at the designs of that era, like Torg, for example. But the problem with HeroQuest, which I think is, or what is it's, it's called something else now? Quest World. Thank you. Uh, is that if you take it to that extreme, it becomes flavourless. Every every com- every resolution system is every other resolution system, and you don't. F- I think what it what it becomes is not a key to imagining the other realities. It becomes it's no longer a model for a world. It's a resolution system for just this moment's different thing that's that needs to be resolved and that isn't quite enough i don't think and the, the times i've played it i mean obviously with a competent gm um, one can get away from this thank you uh, but flattery it, this is my christmas bit of flattery folk. well I, I i think i've been saying for a while that any good gm 
can make pretty much any system playable, if only by ignoring it. Um, but the, the, the guide to the quality of a system is therefore not what a good GM can do with it, but what a GM who, is, who doesn't really know, know role-playing intimately but is trying to follow the rules can do yeah. with it. It's a, it, is, uh, it is certainly not a, not a game for a beginner. It is, it is not... Uh, it looks simple and it is deceptive in that. Mm. But, yeah, I, I, I sometimes think that, uh, that our, our hobby acts like a stew. That is an analogy I've only just thought of, so <laughs> stick with it. Um, is that it's that the, you can throw things into it, and um, if you're careful about what you throw in, you will improve the flavour and the consistency uh, rather than destroy it. But on the other hand, I have seen plenty of recipes ruined by throwing one too many ingredients in. And well, what, one of the things I think one needs to consider is the mental load on the players, and that, of course, is the advantage of a single-resolution mechanic system, in that you know, if, if you know that whatever you're going to do, it's, it's going to come down to the acting party gets a role, the acted-upon party gets a role, they both add their relevant assets, and whoever gets higher prevails... Well, yeah, then, but, then, you, then you then you got something uh, as yeah. a, as opposed to you know I do I do this to fight, and then I do that to to take damage, and then I do the other thing when I want to open a door. I think um, I, I think that the trouble with that is it reduces every resolution and every encounter to the bullshit negotiating stage. Uh, that, the that's stage a separate... at which you, the, the stage at which you. Turn to the GM and say, "Can't I use my X to do Y?" Well, that is very specifically a quest world's problem. Uh, in, what, in about the, what about the rubber mallet you gave me? Yeah, um, I think where, where a system can legitimately well, uh, an example I, th I think of as I, I've only seen it in one game. I'm, I'm told it's it's in other things as well. Uh, the Genesis skill list. Each skill has a section at the end which says, use this skill if you want to do X, do Y, do Z. Mm. Do not use this skill if you want to do A, use skill B instead. Or if you want to do C, use skill D instead. And that is a, a quick guide to not, not only for the player, in terms of these are the things yeah. you want to be able to do, but to the GM, who has the player saying, oh, I want to roll my intimidation on this guy. And the GM can look at that and say, right, this isn't really an intimidation thing, this is more a leadership thing. So let's have a roll on that instead. Well, whilst I, yeah, whilst I, um, whilst I, I acknowledge that Genesis is better than uh, here, Quest slash Quest Worlds uh, for that. I feel that the, all the mechanics in Genesis, like all of those in in Quest Worlds, are there to um, are there to facilitate story. And a predetermined set of what story is. Um, it's interesting. It's not not a feeling I get. I mean, I, I'm well aware that I like it more than you do. Uh, hmm. I, I I and I, I don't feel constrained I, I, I by it the way I do with most story systems. I I don't know. I, it, it feels like it falls down on the on the on the making real of the world stakes. And um, and that is that is a problem 
um, which uh, which comes to me time and again. And, the, and perhaps that ties into the third um, precept we have here. Content dictates form. Now, I sometimes wonder if, if Sondheim mean, does practices this himself, given he practiced, oh dear, he's dead, I remember that, practiced this himself consistently, um, uh, given the sheer inventiveness and diversity of the, the things he, he, he threw in. Um, and I, the, strictly speaking, the, the content of the opening number of the second half of Pacific Overtures is the approach of the European powers to Japan after the Americans made first contact. Um, and there's absolutely no reason why um, the British should come on in uh, to the tune of Gilbert and Sullivan's greatest hits. The Americans should come on um, to uh, Sousa Marches, and the Russians should come on or something like that sounds like they're 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 coming across the steps to the tunes of Mussorgsky, but he does and he he does that. But content dictates form. The thing that you want to say sets up the things that you the tools that you can use. And I uh, I I come back to the fact that there is a pressure in role playing games that we are doing the glass bead game. We are doing a game without rules. We are doing a game which will put you into any situation, and the situation can t change on the blink of an eye. I, I would argue that the game is not not really a good term for it. I mean, it's a very wide ranging term, but it is not an RPG. Is not, to my perception, a game as that term is commonly understood. It has very gamist elements. It, it, it has support mechanisms. To make your life easier in working out what happens, hmm. but it is not. It, it, it is primarily a narrative generation exercise. Hmm. At least the bits of role playing I'm interested in. I don't really care about, you know, I, I'm better at generating a GURPS character than you. Therefore, I, I produce somebody more effective for this campaign than you did. That is pretty much a vanity, yes, but. I, I care about we've all got characters who can do stuff and and therefore do interesting stuff. I think I I don't think the game is against the other players. I think the game is I don't even think the game is against the GM. I think the game is against the imagined universe, against fate, against um It certainly has more to do with cooperative gaming than with with competitive, I agree. Well, I think I think I I think if you if a game a game ceases to be gamist, in which the players no longer feel that their characters and therefore them, to the extent that they identify with the characters, where they no longer feel that they are struggling against the. Um, uh, the dictates of the place they find themselves in, attempting to achieve, attempting to do good or do something. Well, that, that, that's not intrinsically a game. That's every good story. I th I, yeah, except that, that, that this is the metaphor we've inherited of uh, of 
struggling against odds and maybe triumphing. Um, I, I, I still feel. Oh, that, do, do, that, do you want to triumph because you rolled the right dice, or do you want to triumph because you got smart and arranged to play your strengths against the enemy's weaknesses? Yeah. I, w- I want the, the dice to roll because I don't think anybody has a guaranteed result for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you need um, the dice are there to mutter. Remember, thou art but mortal in the ear of every hero, mm-hmm. and um, to ensure that every time you set out to solve a problem, you may be uh, you may end up uh, bringing the rescuing the uh, maiden. Slaying the dragon, bringing the uh, the refugees back home, or you may be turning to the uh, rest of the players and giving them uh, the "It has been an honour to serve with you" speech. Um, and I I want that tension to be there, and I think the gamist part of the uh, of the hobby continues to provide that. I'm not sure how we got there from uh, <laughs> where we started that third preset, but I've, I've got a f- vague feeling that it's still co- it, it is still connected. Well, I think what you don't want to do, at least, is have form dictating content. Um, I mean, no. if, if if you start off saying this is D and D, then that's going to raise expectations of just what you're going to do with it, and fulfilling those is the most boring way of doing it. Yeah, I I, I have a lot of uh, mechanics here. Uh, for let me see now, fighting squids, and the squids are going to turn up. Squid combat will be a major part of this game, and uh, and I've I've been guilty of this myself because you collect games and you collect scenarios, and you uh, and you do find yourself thinking, what can I use the squids for? <laughs> It's a shame. I've had these squids for an age. I've had this 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 hideous um, alien parasite for an age, and it's not clearing up. So I might as well put it into a game. Yeah, it seems reasonable to me. Uh, yeah, except you know. I mean, if the antibiotics didn't do the trick. Well, quite. I the whole the whole thing of um, yeah, you you don't want the. No matter how much fun you start, you you've had with um, a particular set of game mechanics and a particular setting in a part in the past, you need something for it all to be about, and preferably something fresh and new. And I, th- I think it is very right for the players to be about. It, it is easy to get into a rut to think this thing was fun last time we did it. Let's do it again. In my yeah. experience, this is almost always an error because even if it works, it doesn't work as well as the first time. Sure. I, so so I, I, I'm always trying for, let's do things a bit differently. I have been told uh, firmly by my Monday night group that uh, that some of the things I, I propose, it seems every time I, I put out a prospectus, I propose something and they say, well, it's a bit too much like Wellborn, isn't it? Wellborn was my uh, Earth eleven hundred game of refugees uh, from a interdimensional storm who are setting up a new home mm-hmm. in, a, in a new world, and I like that sort of game. Apparently, I keep proposing it in various <laughs> game, uh, and they say, "Well, 
It's a bit too much like Wellborn, isn't it? And I think this is a bad thing. Um, and one of these days, possibly when uh, the new version of Rain finally gets here. Are you listening to this, Greg Stolze? When we finally see uh, the final version. Um, I shall try running something online uh, with that to be the um, the the new Wellborn with the with the uh, serial numbers filed heavily off. Hmm. I, I I don't think I'm stuck stuck in a rut. I think I think my players don't see the wonderful things that I can see. <laughs> it's maybe ego. Yeah, I'm. There, there are certainly tricks that that I use repeatedly, but but I do try not to, and I try to say, you know, even, even if I'm doing this twentieth yeah. century esoteric investigation campaign, I try not to make it quite like that twentieth century esoteric investigation campaign. Well, I sometimes, given that he wrote musicals about, let me see now, uh, a treatment of an ancient Greek comedy, um, a play in which everything goes backwards to the start. Um, a play about uh, about vaudeville stars meeting in their old theatre the night before it's demolished. A play about all the about the assassins who try, have tried to kill uh, presidents of the United States. A play about um, the opening of Japan by the United States in the nineteenth century, and a play about a couple of a musical play about a couple of. Um, uh, about a couple of brothers who were basically a combination of architect and con artist and who were responsible for the development of much of Florida. Um, given that he never, he didn't go back himself, I suppose uh, that is one um, unwritten precept of his that we can, uh, that we can stick with. Mm. The, the thing that I think, well, you, you, you know the works better than I do, but certainly a thing I tend to harp on about in games is People, people are people. People are people. Like to think of themselves as being the good guys, even if they're doing really horrible things. Unless they are actually insane, mm. they will always be thinking, at the very least, well, yeah, this isn't great, but I'm doing it for the best. I wonder if our, our listeners might like to uh, consider what they think the uh, precepts of role playing games ought to be. We've we've been bashing away. And wittering away uh, for some considerable time, not just this winter afternoon, but also um, for several years now. <laughs> and perhaps we I, should... I, I will argue that for any preset, it, it's possible to find a role playing game that violates it. And that's probably true. Um, yeah, but a successful one? Well, people keep trying to put together role playing games that I don't understand, and I keep looking at them. <laughs> And thinking, ah, yeah, I'm clearly the old gentleman in the corner who does not understand. Uh, and it's been so for several decades now, so... <laughs> and yet your players just... keep coming back, so, you know, it could be worse. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't keep coming back for the stuff I don't understand. <laughs> stuff I don't understand, they say, yeah... Uh, you're, you're, in... you're clearly producing something of value. Yeah. Well, let us hope so, and let us hope we all produce something of value in, um, in the near future. Improvised Radio Theatre with 
dice. And if you have any actual formed precepts that are carved above your GM's desk uh, when you start to design a new campaign, do tell us about them. Or if indeed you the same character you always like to play. Yeah, or, or indeed your problem with accents, whether it's Welsh you keep falling into. Anyway, leave a message on the website or email podcast at tequili.ly. Wrap up warm, stay safe, and uh, do not get breathed upon by the wrong people. I will try and see you next month. <laughs>